You're listening to a message from Mercy Culture Church, home of Pastor Landon and Heather Schott in Fort Worth, Texas. For more information about Mercy Culture and ways that you can be a part of it, visit mercyculture.com. Just a joy and an honor. We love this house. Anybody love Mercy Culture? You people, I say it every time. I, 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 I apologize for the repetition, but you people are ridiculous. Like, can you settle down? Can you chill out? Can you be a little bit more passionate? I just come in here and I get so refreshed and so renewed by just the presence and the, and the worship. And I mean, your worship's going to get better as you go along. Just, just love it. And, and you know what? I, we want, when we're not traveling, this is our church home. We may, be, we may be apostolic elders or whatever you guys want us to be, but we are submitted to the, to the leadership of Mercy Culture, and when we're not traveling, we watch you online, and I appreciate the ones right now that are, oh, the Lord's so good, the ones that are watching online, but I got a word for you. There's nothing like being in the house. I mean, it, it, it can get through, and every now and then I got to have Jan stop dancing around in the living room, but... Uh, but, but there's nothing like being here, and, and I, I, again, I, I, say it, I say it again and again, but just thank you, Pastor Jasmine, all of your worship team, for the way you steward the presence, your band, your musicians. Uh, just, they're just ridiculous. They're the best. What's kind of fun for me is I looked on the platform, and I know you have multiple teams, but it was fun because a couple, three that were on the platform this morning are, are, are people we love, and we love all of you, but they're from our church, not our church anymore, but the church we pastored, and Trey and Morgan and Cheyenne are the best in the world. Come on, and just, just to see see what God's doing, and I'm, I, there's no doubt in my mind that right this very moment, Pastor Landon is watching me. And I got a boat, I'll sell you, if you believe that. He's probably on a boat somewhere, but I'm just, I'm just so grateful. We're grateful and honored to be with you uh, this morning, and I want my best friend um, just Stand up because she's so beautiful and I love her so much. Come on, stand up. I, I don't know, and I love the prophetic word that is over the house for this year. Expanding territory. Say it with me. You are, you are praying the prayer of Jabez, right? Well, I told Jabez, Jabez it's my prayer now. And I've, I've been praying that prayer, and, and, and we are believing like you are believing and expecting expanded territory in our lives. And it's interesting because there have been some people who don't know anything about mercy culture, and we've been in their church, one in Philadelphia, and, and he's probably watching right now or going to watch later on, and one in Ohio and a number of other places that have come and prophetically spoken over us, not knowing that we've embraced the same word you've embraced, you have embraced the word, amen? Amen. And we did and said, Lord, we're believing this is going to be a year of expanding territory for us. And they prophetically said, we heard the Lord say you're going to expand territory, not knowing that we've already heard that word. Isn't the Holy Spirit fun? Isn't he just ridiculously fun? 
And, 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 and we're seeing that happen and, and seeing it happen in this house and we're, we're grateful. And, 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 and it's not surprising, and I know I don't need to tell you this, it's not surprising when you embrace a word from the Lord and it's a word from the Lord that the enemy will contest that word. Amen? And especially this kind of word, because the last thing he wants is for you to expand territory anywhere on this planet, especially into the realms of darkness. And I don't know if that's a new song, Pastor Jasmine, that, that shadow of death. Is that a new song? You know, you know I don't know, but it, it just, I'm, I'm not going to fear darkness. I'm not going to fear the shadow of death. And as I was listening to it in the first service, and you probably sung it before, but we may have been traveling and I didn't hear it. But when I heard it, I felt like the Lord spoke to my heart. Tell them they don't need to fear the shadow of death because I'll be with them. But the reason you need to understand, don't fear the shadow of death because you're going to walk into it. Oh, that's a good word. I'm really excited about that word. I, I feel like I really want to accept that word. Honey, let's go into the valley of the shadow of death. And the reason why is because there's people in that valley of the shadow that you're going to retrieve and you're going to recover and you're going to go into the enemy's camp and you're going to take back that which belongs to the Lord and those that he has snared. Come on, help me up in this house. And those that he has captured, he said, don't fear the shadow of death because you're going to go into the realm of death, bring life and bring them. Oh, praise God. And, and you do know that when you worship like you worship this morning, you're not just singing songs of worship to the Lord, though you are singing songs and worship to the Lord. You are expanding territory. This whole city gets rocked when you come in here and worship. And territory is expanded and, and just just love it and just pleased. And so, um, so the Lord told me on my, um, on my Trinity Trail run, but it wasn't the river, it was, it was desert trail run because we don't have rivers in Arizona. We have desert. And I was on a run one morning a couple of weeks ago praying about our time together here. And it's not my message, but it's kind of, a, kind of a prelude to what the Lord wants to say. I feel like I heard the Lord say, tell them that this year of expanded territory, that I'm going to bring some surprised territories. How many like that word? How many want that word? Yeah. That the Lord told me to tell you there's some unexpected territories that you're going to possess and you're going to expand into. And what you're believing for is wonderful and God's going to give it to you. But there's some things and some places you're going to find yourself and wonder how in the world did I get here because God's a God of surprises. Amen? So tell the person next to you, get ready, you got a surprise coming. Get ready, you got a surprise coming. Surprise territory. Come on. Just prophesy. Bring it on, Lord. Come on, bring it on, Lord. I feel like, I feel like, I feel like I could walk through this audience and just tap you on the nose. Bam, bam, bam. Somebody said, come on. Bam, bam, bam. 
bam, bam. 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 Surprises. I'm not just being silly now. I want you to hear a prophetic word. Surprises, 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 surprises. Territory. Somebody shout territory. And let me tell you, the enemy's not going to just sit back and concede. He's irritated. He's frustrated. He's angry because you're believing a word and you're going to see the word come to fruition. Somebody shout amen. Territory. You got to write a song about territory. Lord, I just Lord, I just call out of her the song that is already in her. I call out of her the song that's already downloaded in her. There's a song that's in your spirit. There's a song that's in your spirit, my daughter. And I call it forth now. Whoa, whoa. Come on. Somebody say amen. Territory. Territory. Whoa. Settle down, people. Let's go. Can we just pray in tongues for a minute? Come on. Lauren, Robbie, you got some surprise territories out ahead for you. And I don't know, I'm just, I'm just a delivery boy, okay? But I'm gonna tell you, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. You know what that means. I don't know what it means, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you what is out ahead of you. The enemy has tried to stop you. And the, the Lord told me to tell you, the gates will not prevail. You will possess. You will take over. You will take out of and be all that God's called. Come on, come on. Give God a praise. Crossover, crossover. I just heard the Lord tell me to tell you, watch out, your kids are marked. They're marked already. They're marked already. Whew. Oh, I love Jesus. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. Say relationships when uh, say relationships. Uh, that spirit of joy he was talking about. When Pastor Landon called, um, he said, hey, Zane, can you, can you take this particular Sunday? Can you and Jan come and minister on this particular Sunday? And it happened to be this Sunday on our calendar, and we were available. And, he, and then he gave me an assignment, what to preach on. And if I could just pause for a moment and say, who does he think he is to tell me what to preach on? This dude needs to chill out. Does he know who he's talking to? I'm the apostolic elder in this house, and we will have a meeting about this. 
I'm being silly. I'm being stupid. And I said, yeah, yeah, what, what? He said, well, we feel like the theme for, I don't know if it's this month or whatever, but the theme is expanding territory as it bears on relationships. Say relationships. And so I kind of leaned into it. I thought, yeah, yeah, I can, I can do that. That's a, that's a good idea. I'll come up with something on relationships and expanding territory. But the more I leaned into it and the more I listened, I realized, wow, that's more than just a nice idea. And it's more than just a sermon concept. It really is a principle. It, it really is. And I, and I realized that, and here's, here's the kingdom principle. God uses relationships to expand territory in and through our lives. That territory doesn't get expanded by yourself, but God uses each one of us integrated together, connected together, linked together to expand territory. And in fact, in so many ways, I understand this principle, our purpose, listen carefully, our purpose, say my purpose, our purpose and our destiny is linked to certain relationship God brings into our lives. You don't get where God wants you to go by yourself. Watch this. God's not going to helicopter you in the Holy Ghost helicopter and dump you into your destiny. He's going to bring relationships into your life that are going to help you get to where you're going. Amen? So tell the person next to you, I need you. And I need to watch for, watch this. I've got to watch for those relationships that he brings into my life, that, 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 that he allows me to connect with. I've got, I've got to not only, not only watch for them, I've got to honor them. I've got to recognize, wait, this isn't just a relationship. Yes, this isn't just a relationship. There's a connection here. There's something in this. So not only do I need to be aware of the fact that God uses relationships to get me to where I'm going and to expand the territory he wants me to expand. Am I helping you? I need to honor and respect that authority or that, that relationship. And I need to allow them, watch this, this is where it gets gritty nitty. I need to allow them to work in my life and minister in my life to get me where I'm going. Because those relationships aren't just warm fuzzies and neat feeling and kiss on the cheek and a pat on your butt. Those relationships are going to be used by God to prepare you and to skill you and to challenge you. Can I say it? Can I say it? To correct you. And in fact, in the... In a lot of years we've been in ministry, we've been doing this thing, man, just right after we got married. We've been married 50 years. Can you believe that, Jan? Pretty good. It was tough. I had to hang on. She was just a mess, but that's okay. God worked through it. But, but seriously, in all those years of ministry, as I look back now, I, I feel like David in some respects. I was young and now I'm older. I remember when I was a puppy. I remember when I was a, an, a, an apprentice. I remember when I was inexperienced in all this stuff called marriage and relationships and ministry. But as I look back now, Jan, I begin to realize the significance of those relationships that God brought in our lives. Some of them at the time, this is what's challenging. I, I'm going to get somewhere now. But some of them at the time, you don't really fully understand their value till you look back and realize, my God. Come on, amen? 
I, what I hope, I hope, it, I hope you can get to the point where it doesn't have to be like that, but you can recognize it at the moment. Because when you know it at the moment, you're more open to what happens. Anybody understand what I just said? And I look back and I, I think of, I think of my spiritual father, Leroy Cloud, who just this past fe February walked into heaven. And I think about the impact and the, and the value he poured into my life. I think about the fact that he gave me an opportunity that I wouldn't have given me. He gave me a pulpit that I wouldn't have given me, not because of some sin, just the inexperience and the insecurities that I had. But he believed in me. He spoke into me. He challenged me. Yes, he corrected me. Sometimes in ways I didn't want to be corrected. Somebody say amen to that one. Tell the person next to you, but I needed it. Yeah, I didn't want it, but I needed it. I'm glad he did it. And I think about, oh, so many other relationships along the way uh, that Jan and I have experienced and had, and, and God partnered us with them and the value of them. I think that's how the kingdom works. There's no Joshua possessing the promised land if there's not a Moses in his life. Amen. That, that there, there, there's no Elijah performing incredible miracles if he doesn't, if he isn't mentored and loved and challenged and corrected by an Elijah. On and on I could go. There's, there's no, there's no Timothy who, who God uses if there's no Paul. There's no David in a palace if there's no Jonathan to teach him how to navigate a palace. Nobody ever talks about that relationship. It's always about the giant killer. It's always about the warrior. It's all about, but, but this shepherd boy who didn't know how to dress in a palace, who didn't know how to walk in a palace, who didn't know when to bow and how to handle governmental concepts, had a man named Jonathan who was heir to the throne, but willing to give up the throne because he saw God's hand on that man. He said, David, come along. I'll show you how to walk. I'll show you how to talk. Come on. You need that relationship. In your life. Say relationships matter. Yeah, they matter because God uses them to prepare us and skill us and, 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 and bring into our lives. And the Bible talks so much about relationships and, and the significance and the role they play. All the way from the very beginning. It's funny. It's, Genesis, it's not funny. It's interesting. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, and God blessed them and said, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it, have dominion. We read those and don't realize those are all about expanding territory. All of them. God was about expanding territory way before any of us got that wonderful prophetic word for mercy culture. God's all about expanding his kingdom, advancing his kingdom. So he tells Adam from the very beginning, he establishes a kingdom principle, a law of the kingdom. This is what I want you to do. I want you to be fruitful. That is, make me some babies. Some of you are real good at that. We were walking down the hall. They were in the first service. They're probably not in this one. We were walking down the hall, and I saw this dad with, it looked like, it looked like a troop, but he had six kids. And I, I, I looked at him. I said, are those all yours? He said, yeah. Oh, Jesus, heal this man in Jesus' name. And then I gave him a prophetic word. The answer to this is get a television. Some of you will get that on Tuesday, but that's Okay. I said, six kids, yeah, man, are you guys done? I don't know, we're done when we're done. Jesus, make him done. You've replenished enough. Multiply, it's interesting in the Hebrew text, the word multiply is again, not make babies, that's fruitful. Multiply, the Hebrew word is expand territory. 
Jesus said it this way. He didn't use the word multiply. He used the word occupy. Say occupy. God said, Adam, multiply. Jesus said, occupy. Occupy is an interesting Greek word. It's a military word. It means keep what you got and take as much as you can get. Tell the person next to you, we're on the move. We're on the move, taking territory, establishing territory, and the significance. He said in, 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 in Genesis, it's not good that man is to be alone. God built us for relationships. It's in our DNA. And the devil will do everything he can to divide us and, and distract us and keep us away relationally because he knows that's the kingdom principle. Relationships expand territory. He says two are better one than one in Ecclesiastes. He says one puts a thousand to flight, but two ten thousand to flight. God's multiplication goes crazy when we begin to relate with one another. And that's why it's not happenstance that that's the one area in particular the devil is always fighting relationships. Now, I need to admit, relationships are challenging. Amen? It's tough. I mean, we were madly in love and... You know, we got married way too young, but we loved one another. But I soon found out, what's love got to do with it? That's another hymn we sang in church. We had a real free church, I'm telling you right now. What's love? I mean, I, I, I love you, I love you, but I found out right away it's not just all about love, it's work. And work doesn't sound romantic, and work doesn't sound exciting. Love does, I love you, baby. You're everything. And then I found out everything doesn't cut it. It's every day committed to the relationship. And you don't expand, expand territory unless you learn how. And that's why the devil fights it because he knows if he can divide and sour and pervert relationships, then he knows there's an aspect of the kingdom. There's an aspect of territory that doesn't, doesn't because the enemy knows the oil flows and the blessing comes where there's relationship. Bible, Psalm 133. How good, how good and perfect it is for brothers and sisters to dwell together in relationship, unified relationship, for it is like the oil that comes on the beard of the high priest and flows down onto the garments, and it is there. Say there. It is there God commands a blessing. There's a blessing that comes in covenant relationships. There's a blessing that comes in committed relationships. There's an anointing that comes in relationships that'll go through the hard times and the tough times. Because if you can't navigate the seasons of a relationship, then you can't have the fruit of the relationship. I think I'll say amen all by myself. And every relationship goes through those seasons. It's challenging, expanding territory, understanding the significance of territory. It's hot. I'm going to tell you, elections matter. No, never mind, just kidding. I happened to watch that sermon, and that was one cool statement he made. I'm telling you right now. Sorry. I'm just me, people. And I like me. I, I was having some people criticize me one time, just criticize my style, a little too earthy, a little too goofy. We don't like hearing that and all your stories and all that. And they were kind of criticizing me. And I was at first kind of getting kind of bothered by it. And, and then I got a letter. And I opened it up and it said, Dear Pastor Zane, a letter 
with, with a bouquet of flowers. It's funny to a guy. Dear Pastor Zane, I just want you to know how significant you are in my life, how impacting, how life-transforming your ministry has been. Sitting under your ministry, listening to you teach has done a change in my life transformationally. The revelation you bring, you're one dynamic, incredible communicator. I love you, and I believe in you, and it's signed, sincerely, Pastor Zane. Yeah, yeah. Are you, are you just making it up? No. I sent myself a bouquet of flowers, and I sent myself that letter. Sometimes you have to write yourself a letter. Sometimes you have to send yourself a gift. Come on. Come on. Nobody else? I'm going to. I like me. I believe in me. I love me. I know God loves me too. That's not arrogance. That's revelation. And the way you can function in this world is you got to come to a point where you got to write yourself a letter. And you can write me a letter too. Put a gift card in it. I feel the anointing on Cheesecake Factory. Do you feel that? Babe, do you feel that? Somebody say cheesecake. Oh, I feel that anointing. Oh, it's all over me. So don't send me no ugly letters because it don't matter. I like me. And you got to like you. Tell the person next to you, I like me too. In fact, tell them, I'm good looking. See, you think it's just being silly. But if you're not proactive with the way you talk, if you're not proactive biblically with the way you think about you, you won't get revelation and you won't expand, expand territory because you'll be locked into, I can't do anything. But you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And greater is he who's in you than he who's in the world. So stop letting the adversary try to derail you and derail your relationship and begin to walk with the confidence. God put us together and we can do anything. So I was praying. I got a bus to move here. This service is so fun. We got nowhere to go. <laughs> Pastor Landon sent me a text. He said the, the 1130 service is the most spiritual, the most deep, the most hungry. You can go to 2, 3, 4 o'clock. How many believe that? Hey. I was praying about this service, and I mean this sincerely. I've been kind of being silly, but I mean it sincerely. I don't need another preaching gig. I've told you that before. And so when Pastor Landon invited me, there are two reasons we come. One is because of our relationship and our role in, in the leadership of this church, but secondarily because we hear the Lord speak. And when he asked me to come and gave me the assignment, I took it serious. Lord, what do you want to say? And the Lord quickened a particular passage out of the Gospel of Luke. And when I went to it and began to read into it, I realized it's a passage that speaks to what's about to happen in these next number of moments. I'm not going to be long this morning. But it, it's a passage that I believe addresses what the Lord has set himself to do. Just, just prophesy. You've preached it. You've sung it all morning. Just prophesy to the person next to you. Something powerful is about to happen. Come on, prophesy it. Something powerful is about to happen. 
And when I, when I leaned into the passage, I, I got excited because I realized it revolves around relationships. And, and specifically, it revolves around one of the enemy's most effective weapons that he uses to divide and destroy relationships. Because the enemy knows if he can get us divided and destroy relationships, because the principle is God uses relationships to expand boundaries, then boundaries and territories are not expanded. And so he uses this weapon. And that's why I believe with all of my heart you had to be here this morning. It's found in the Gospel of Luke. I'll just read it. It'll be on the screen. Luke chapter 5. The context is around a, a man who's paralyzed. Interesting. I didn't think about that till I was up early this morning, again, looking at the text. And I realized this is all about a man who's paralyzed, who cannot function, who has really no relationships because of his paralysis. And it says in verse 17 of Gospel Luke chapter 5, and it came to pass on a certain day. Say a certain day. It came to pass on a certain day that the power of the Lord was present to manifest healing. It came to pass on a what? Tell the person next to you, today's the day. There is a presence that's been here. It was here when we got here, and there is a presence, and the presence is set to manifest power for healing. And there is a very specific area the Lord has come to minister healing this morning. There's a lot of people that may need different kinds of healings, but this is one particular area that he is, he is coming after this morning. And it's, it's an area that, that truthfully some of you have struggled with for a long time. It's an area that some of you have wrestled with in your life. In fact, for some of you, this particular area that the Lord is coming after has for some, not all of you, but some of you, it's become a stronghold. And you love the Lord. You're committed to Jesus. You're, you're all in. It's not about sin. It's not about some wickedness, not something you've got to repent of necessarily. But it's an area of your life that for some of you has been there. In fact, it even happened as a child, this, this thing the Lord wants to minister to. This area the Lord wants to address in your life. And the area I'm talking about, in fact, tell the person next to you, the healer's in the house. But the Lord is set to heal, and he's, set, he's here to set you free. And the area that the Lord is coming after is the healing of hurts. The wounded places. The places so deep that some of you've covered them up. The hurts that are so deep that some of you've tried to ignore them and act like they're not there, but they're there. Like a, like a, like a thorn that's, that's went underground in your spirit and in your emotions. And the Lord, the Lord sent me this morning to tell you he's here to break the power of that hurt in your life. Because I have discovered, I have discovered hurts have power. They're not insignificant. I'm not talking about a hurt toe. I'm not talking about a hurt finger. I'm not talking, I'm talking about that deep inner emotional wounding that wounds the spirit. That wounds the heart, heart wounds, wounds that some of you have been holding on to for years, and yet the Lord said, I've come, I've come to break their power over your hat, over your life. The, the fact is, hurts happen, amen? 
mean, you can't live life and not get hurt sometime. I don't, I don't want to sound pessimistic, but it's, it's what one writer calls the common denominator of life. There's not a one of us in this room that hasn't experienced a hurt sometime, somewhere. Maybe this week, maybe, maybe last week, maybe tomorrow. Oh, wait, that's not a prophecy. But the fact is, there's not a one of us that hasn't experienced being hurt and being wounded. I, I like to say it this way when someone says, man, I got hurt. Welcome to life. Again, I don't want to sound pessimistic. It's not a, it's not a matter of if you ever get hurt. It's when you get hurt and more importantly, what you do with the hurt when it happens. Amen. And I, I know you get it. I know that, that mentally you understand that. The real danger is when a hurt or a wound becomes a stronghold. It begins to dominate the way you see life. It begins to dominate the way you react. It begins to dominate, watch this, and affect and even derail and detour relationships in your life. That, that there are relationships God wants to bring, but you're not able to receive them because the wound keeps getting in the way. Somebody say amen. And again, I keep emphasizing this. You love Jesus. Anybody in this room love Jesus? Loving Jesus doesn't make you immune to hurts. Loving God doesn't somehow alleviate the problem. You're in fact, your Lord Jesus said in Luke 17, hurts are inevitable. It's unrealistic. It's immature of you to think Jesus is saying, I'm paraphrasing, that you'll never experience an offense. Interesting, the word offense is the Greek word scandalon or scandalized, and it literally means to be entrapped by a wound or a hurt. The enemy sets traps. They're called hurts. They're called wounds to ensnare you, to trap you. Why? Because he wants to keep you from the godly, incredible relationships God has in your life. Hurts happen. They dominate the way we think, the way we see life. And, 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 and what's dangerous is they become what the Bible calls a bitter root. Hebrews chapter, chapter 12. Make no mistake, love Jesus or not, committed to Jesus or not, undealt with bitter roots will soon produce bitter fruit. It'll come out of you. It'll come out of you. Sometime, somewhere, somehow, that hurt that's never been healed, that's now become more than a hurt, but a resentment, an anger. And if you're not careful, I've discovered hurts in the heart cause a heart to become calloused and hardened. And we have what I call spiritually hardened arteries, the flow. That's why Proverbs, the wise man in Proverbs by the Holy Spirit says, watch over your heart with all diligence. Be passionate about your heart because it's out of the heart. The issues of life flow. It's the flow. It's the joy. It's the peace. It's expanding territories. It's all in the heart. And so the adversary attacks the heart by hurts. Come on, somebody say amen. And so Proverbs says, guard it. Be careful. Watch out. Don't be frivolous with your heart. Don't be capricious with your heart. And I said a moment ago, hurts have power. Undealt with hurts are like a cancer that begins to eat away at our lives. They, they can destroy marriages. They can, they can ruin relationships. There are families that are divided because of undealt with hurt and unforgiven hurts and unreleased hurts. There are churches that, that divide and split because of hurts. 
hurts in leadership, hurts in the church. And we never understand the value of the dynamic of that until we begin to see it disintegrate. I, I, I've discovered that hurts steal hope. Stay with me now. They, they, they steal dreams and destinies. Even years of our lives are lost being held hostage to hurts. Physically, doctors, medical professionals have come to determine that there, there are areas of physical malady, and not, not every physical disease, but many of them are directly related to undealt with hurts in people's lives. There's nothing wrong with you except for the hurts. My wife was struggling physically and her natural path that she goes to kind of surprised Jan. She says, are there any stresses in your life? She goes, well, I'm not here for stresses. I'm here for you to figure out why I'm having this problem physically. And she says, okay, we'll get there. Are there any stresses? And then she said this, are there any unresolved hurts in your life? Like, hey, I'm paying you to ask that question. This is not a counseling session. I'm paying you to fix me. Give me something. Watch me. You can't give a pill for a root. You can't give a pill for a root. Pills may alleviate fruits, but they never destroy roots. And sooner or later, sooner, sooner or later, roots will produce more fruits. Jesus dealt with roots, not fruits. Because fruits are the manifestation of what's in the root, what's in the heart, what's controlling you there. Come on, I'm saying something good right now. And God today, Jesus told me, son, I'm not going after fruits this morning. I'm not going to alleviate that momentary feeling and make them feel good and make them not forget about the pain of the hurt. No, no, it'll be here tomorrow. They'll come back next Tuesday. Somebody will say something. Somebody will do something. It'll manifest again. No, I'm coming after roots this morning. Come on. Come on. I don't want to just to alleviate your emotions. I want to go to the things that's destroying your emotions. It's called roots. It's called hurts. It's called deep within. Deep within your life and deep within. And they, 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 again, again, hurts are one of Satan's most effective weapons in his arsenal against us. And I want to emphasize, hear my heart. I, I'm not saying you're hurt. I'm not trying to minimize your hurt. But you don't know what they did to me. Yeah, it's easy for you to say that, Pastor. You don't know the abuse, the sexual abuse, the physical abuse. You don't know the things they said. You don't know what I've been through. I know, I know, I may not know, but I do know this. You're not getting better. So I'm not minimizing your hurt this morning, loved ones. I'm not. I'd love to preach a whole different sermon. I'd like just to preach Jesus is good, hallelujah, let's go home. But that doesn't alleviate the problem. God wants to go deep this morning. Hurt, hurt, I get it. But what you do with them, how you respond to them is critical to let him come in and heal. And there's some of you, and I say this with the, the, I like what Pastor Landon says, will you let me shepherd you for a moment? I mean, you've heard that before. When he says that, get ready. But can I shepherd you for a moment? 
I love you. I'm not even here all the time, but we love this house. Some of you are struggling in areas of your life, and it's not some deep-seated sin. It's a hurt you've never allowed to get healed. There are relationships you're not allowing in your life that God has for you to expand territory and bring fulfillment and bring joy, but you go so far, and then you push them away because you're fearful of a hurt. Carry hurts, wounds that have never been healed. Some of you, it's the inability to have and even develop, a, and you long for a relationship. But again, you go so far, and then you run. And they wonder, what did I do? Like, man, we were kind of hanging out, and we were kind of developing a relationship. I don't even mean some, some relationship as it relates to marriage, or, but we're just, what did I do? What did I do? And they don't understand that what you did was nothing in particular. It was the fear. There we go, fear. There we go, fear. It was the fear of being hurt. It was the fear of being wounded. It was the fear of being rejected. And so they go so far, and then you run. You can't trust you won't let people in. A man came up to me. True story. It's in our first church that we pastored. And um, he came up to me and he said, you know, Pastor Zane, I, I hope you're not offended by this. Which, when they say I hope I'm not offended by this, put your armor on. Amen. He said, I hope you're not offended, but I just don't like you. That's good, because I really haven't liked you that much either. I didn't say that, and I didn't feel that. I, I was shocked. I said, I thought in my mind, what have I done? That's what I thought. I said, man, I just, have I done something? I literally said, have I, have I done something to offend you? Have I done something to hurt you? No, uh-uh. Then why don't you like me? You look like my former pastor. Really? Yeah. And he hurt me. And he wounded me. And so when I look at you, I think of him. So I just don't like you. And I said, well, I got a problem because I can't change my face. And my wife likes my face. Just a second. Oh, glory. I was a little nervous there. Just a little nervous. What I was really hoping is you'd jump up and kiss me. But that's cool. That's cool. I get it. 50 years, we don't do that anymore. Yeah, we do. <laughs> In fact, I'm done. Let's go, honey. <laughs> Tell the person next to you, I do kind of like Pastor Zane now, I'm telling you. And I, I looked at him, I said, well, what have I done? No, nothing. You just look like my former pastor. And there are people, and I'm going to say this by the Spirit, that you're even here this morning, and some of you watching by on, online, thank you, Holy Spirit, some of you watching online right now, and you're still hesitant about this house because of the last church you were in and the last leadership you were under. And I don't know. I'm waiting for the shoe to drop. I'm waiting for me to see the stuff. I'm waiting for it to happen because it's always happened. And the problem is you've never been healed of somebody that hurts you. And so everybody's in that camp. Come on. Come on. I know you can't shout. I know you can't shout. So just, just kind of nudge the person next to you. Yeah, he's talking about me right now. I mean, I like this church, but I don't know. And I, I looked at him, and I, I, I honestly, I got to be honest with you. I felt, 
sorry. I felt empathetic. I, I literally did. I heard from him. I said, bro, bro, I'm so sorry what they did to you. I, I can't fix that. Have I done that? No, but you will. They all do. And, and what I discovered is a dangerous progression with hurts. We get stuck in what I call a cycle of being hurt. We never get healed and never forgive and never release, and that's a whole other sermon, how we can get free. But, but we, get, we get what I, I call, and that's not, I don't know, somebody else may come up with a different psychological concept. I just call it a wounded expectation. Sooner or later, somebody say sooner or later. Sooner or later, you're going to hurt me. Everybody does. And so we get hooked on hurts. We look for them. We expect them. Almost can't live without them. Because it's so deep and because we've never dealt with it. And we've covered it up. And some of you look at me like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. That's fine. But some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. And the inability to have, watch this, the inability even to have relationship with the one God has partnered you with, that wife or that husband that God's connected you with. And you wonder why, what's wrong? It's because of what happened, maybe even as a child. And so you have a wounded expectation. You expect to get hurt. You're hooked on hurts. Hurts always happen to me. It's just a matter of time. So guess what? I'm going to hurt you before you hurt me. What did I do? I didn't do anything. I know, but you're going to. So I'm going to hurt you first so we can just break up this relationship. We find ourselves often isolated because of being wounded. And we see life through the lens of our hurts. And, and we spend our lives rehearsing. And we, we join the hurt club. And we circle around with people who just help us constantly relive. I don't mean this to sound harsh, but I want to challenge you and relive and rehearse and re rethink through all the hurts. You know what they did to me? And if every time you get together, that person becomes the topic of your conversation, you're not healed. If every time you get together, you know what they did to me? Yeah, you told me that the last 23 years, what they did to you. Yeah, they did that in 1953. Yeah, I get it. Why are we still talking about it? Because you have not gotten healed and you've not moved on and you're not expanding the territory. God wants you to expand because you are locked in a prison called woundedness. You keep checking the Facebook seeing who they're with, seeing who they're hanging with. Come on. Come on. You're real quiet now. Yeah, yeah. Whose picture they're next to. I can't believe he's got another relationship. can't believe it. I think I'm going to let her know what he's like. And God wants to free you because God's got something better. God's gotten something more fruitful can I just be real strong? Some of you can't have a new relationship because you're still commiserating over the 
past relationship and the hurts are keeping you bound. You need the prophet Samuel to come to you and say, how long will you grieve over Saul? He's no longer a part of your life. I've got a David. I've got a Julie. I've got a Mary. I got a church. I got a boss. Come on, somebody say amen that I want to bring into your life to bring you freedom. Being held hostage. Pastor Ryan, would you come? You knew this was coming. I, I, I know this is strong this morning. And, and I, I, I know it's, it's maybe deep for some of you. But I'm real passionate about this message. Maybe you can tell. I, I'm passionate about it because you see that prison I've talked about that some of you are in? I've been in that prison. I've been held hostage to hurts. I've been shackled and snared by, by, by those wounded places in my life. And, and those hurts, I'm going to be real vulnerable. Those hurts almost destroyed our marriage. Everybody clapped 50 years. Oh, yeah, wonderful, great, how wonderful. We almost didn't make it five years. We almost didn't make it. It wasn't because we didn't love one another. It wasn't because she found somebody better or I found somebody better. I, I've got the best in the world, man. How can I get better than what I've got? It had nothing to do with some, some infidelity or some thing in my life. It had to do with hurts that I was never healed of. It had to do with hurts she got never healed of. And our marriage almost dissipated. We started using that D word. Well, you know what? Let's just get a divorce. Yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking about it. You know what? You're not what I expected. Yeah, well, you're not either. You're doubly not what I expected. Well, you're triple not what I expected. <laughs> not knowing that what was really happening is wounds were beginning to surface and, and we almost destroyed our marriage. Her, her father was unfaithful to her mother multiple times. Raised, raised in church. He was a deacon at the church. And I, he was a part of a denomination that you all of you would know. His dad was a superintendent of a district. His brother was a superintendent of a district. He was raised in that kind of environment. But he cheated on the mother and left them and left, him, left her with sick kids. Six, six kids. Never gave him a dime went off with the woman he had the affair with and left Dorothy and the kids to fend on their own and not knowing that that wound created in Jan a fear of relationships and a, and a kind of distrust you know you know every man will do that sooner or later you better keep him at arm's length and what I didn't know was my hurts and my family were keeping me you don't open up your heart because because if you really open your heart they'll take advantage of you I almost walked away from ministry. I almost, I almost said, God, I can't do this anymore. The woundings and the hurts of leadership are far too much for me to handle. I'm done. I don't need this. Pour my heart out and somebody's got to be a smart aleck and say something off the wall. And I don't know if I would have made it if I had social media in my day. God, thank you for no social media because now they can just do a drive-by and say all kinds of garbage and not, not, come on, somebody say amen. I remember saying, Jen, let's just leave ministry. It's not worth it. 
And I almost missed some of the most significant and pivotal relationships that God brought in my life because of the hurts that's trying to keep them away. I would have missed it. Babe, we wouldn't have traveled around the world. We wouldn't have had the fun we're having in ministry. I love hanging out with you. We wouldn't have had the three kids and the 10 grandchildren. 10 grandchildren. If the ushers will come, we're going to take an offering to help me with 10 grandchildren. the adversary set a scandal on, a trap, and I got snared. Until it happened, say this with me, God is faithful. Say it again, so faithful. At a time when I just felt like I'm done, it's over, I'm in ministry, I'm preaching, but I didn't want to anymore, and I remember I could take it to the spot on a Friday morning, about five o'clock in the morning, I drove to my office, got to finalize my message for Sunday, and I walked into my office. Nobody's around. It's five in the morning, and I knew he was there. It's incredible. I walked in that room, Pastor. I walked in that room. I went, uh oh, he's here. His presence was so undeniable. I was unexpected of what I was going to experience. And at that very moment, his presence began to come on me like I can't describe. It's almost indescribable what began to happen. I just began to weep. And I'm wondering, God, what am I doing? What's going on? Why am I all of a sudden weeping like this and, and feeling I'll never forget? It was a powerful encounter. And the Lord supernatural. I, I literally fell to the floor overwhelmed by the presence and God began to take me back even as far as a child to events in my life to moments in my life I saw them like a picture my dad saying you can never do anything right you'll never amount to anything to events and hurts and wounds throughout my adolescent years it was like a and I was becoming more overwhelmed. Like, God, I don't want to see this. I don't, I've stuffed that. I've hidden that. I've buried that. And God said, I know, and I'm going to surface it right now because it's going to keep you from relationships and keep you from boundaries and expanding territories. It's going to keep you from the call that I have for your life. So, son, I'm going deep. And I can't explain it to you, but it's almost as I can feel God pulling roots. Like God said, I'm tired of dealing with fruits. I'm going after roots. And every time I feel like a root got pulled out, I could feel almost like this, this oil being poured in. Root, oil, root, oil, root, oil. Pull the root, heal the whole. I heard the Lord say these words to me. Son, I'm coming to set you free from the power of those hurts in your life. I'm coming to heal the wounded places. And then all of a sudden, just begin to pray in spirit, then to pray in tongues. I, I really understood, though I knew it, I understood it at a different level. Paul's words in Romans chapter 8, I think it's about verse 26, where he said, the spirit intercedes 
through us, one translation says, for us with groanings that can't be uttered. And on a floor, I mean, if you would have walked in there, it would have been kind of crazy, but I was just groaning in tongues, not, not realizing what was really going on as I just prayed in the spirit. I suddenly stopped. It must have been 20, 30 minutes. I said, Lord, what is the Holy Spirit praying? And the Lord said, he's asking me to heal you. He's asking me to break the power of those hurts. He's asking me to set you free. I understood the power of spiritual language. I don't know how long it took, but I was under surgery. And when I finally got done that morning, I went back home and I said to Jan, something happened to me. I think I looked different. I knew I was free. Now there's things, things you gotta do to stay free and that's a whole nother sermon. I'll come another time and teach on that. But I, I, I feel like some of you need to get free this morning. Can I have an amen? You love the Lord, but you're bound and snared by wounds. You know the Bible, not the Bible, People say time heals all wounds. No, it doesn't. But God does. God does. And this morning, the Lord is here to break the power of wounds off of your life. Worship team, join me. Hallelujah. I joke with you about the Trinity Trail. Pastor mentions it. There is something special about that thing. And I was on the Trinity Trail. We got in late Friday and I was on the Trinity Trail this morning, or, or excuse me, Saturday morning. And I wasn't really necessarily thinking about this morning's message, but as I, as I was running, I heard the Holy Spirit say, and I literally had to stop and get my phone out and jot myself the note. But the Lord said, I want you to tell them that not only am I going to go after roots and heal the whole, but tell them I'm coming after generational hurt generational hurts. Hurts that have been passed down. Hurts that you've carried because of your parent hurt. And they were never healed. So you almost feel it's an obligation. I got to feel the way they felt because they were hurt. So I'll carry your hurt. And God's going to break that off of you right now. Because God's got new relationships for you. He's got new relationships that he wants to bring into your life. He wants to heal you. And the healer is in the house. Somebody say amen. Somebody say amen. We hope you've enjoyed this message from Mercy Culture Church. If this podcast has blessed you, we'd like to encourage you to share it with a friend. To learn more about us, find us on social media and online at mercyculture.com. 